Hello there and welcome back to the Chat Shit, Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and as always I'm joined by Tom but a very poorly Tom. Hello Tom. What, that is poorly for exaggeration. Hell. Yeah, a little bit exaggerated. What's wrong, but yeah, Tom? I do on, sound a bit... Um, What's wrong with you, mate? I do sound a bit Barry White-ish, you know, this well, time I don't want to be. I don't want to make you sound too dramatic, mate, but if you're on Instagram, you would have seen this shared, but... <laughs> When, when I asked Tom how you're getting on, you put, I'm getting breathless pretty quick and I feel retarded. <laughs> that fills me with great confidence for this recording I mean, I'm, session. I'm, I'm sorry if that calls offence to anyone, but it is true. I, f- I feel absolutely fucked, basically. Just, uh, you know, yeah. I've been trying to like talk with clients today, like sending them messages, etc. I've been all over the place. Um, probably wasn't a good idea for me to try and write a nutrition PDF as well whilst I'm absolutely fucked because I completely fucked that up. Well... Tom, when you look back on this day, are you going to look back at this day with self-compassion or are you going to be self-critical of how you've Oh, I see what you've done there. I'm going to look back and say, do you know what? Do you know what? Sod it. I am Kenuff. I turned up. I am Kenuff. I am Kenuff. Do you know what? The funny thing is, I think they could have actually shoehorned Ryan Gosling sinning that in the movie Drive and it still would have worked. I definitely think it, it could, could have worked. Have. 100%. It could have worked. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's two weeks in the chat with me. I just shoehorned that song in. Um, I'm not obsessed. Um, he's just me. Yeah, anyway, literally you. So, <laughs> literally me. Uh, guys, this week we are going to take a closer look at a conversation that surrounds self-compassion in a gym slash sports environment, but it's going to be especially in men, if we've not made that clear. Um, we did. We are going to go into some polls where we opened up to the floor, so men and women, everyone got stuck in, but this paper we're looking at is in men specifically, so we probably will focus on that, and obviously me and Tom are both guys, so it makes a bit of sense. Um, as I said, we're going to be focusing on a paper, and that is titled Masculinities and Self-Compassion Among Men Varsity Athletes. Okay, so obviously this paper was uh, done in the US. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've got to say first is that the authors of this paper have some very interesting last names. I don't know. It, it just sounds like, so there's a Tremblay, there's a Bennett, which is quite normal, a Mosewitch, a Norman, and a Crocker. It wow. sounds like, I don't know, it just sounds very odd to me. It sounds like the TV cast of like That's a 60s weird. British sitcom. <laughs> it does a bit, actually, doesn't it? Yeah. Like they all run a dysfunctional hotel, like 40 Towers, I don't know. Mr. Crocker, Mr. Norman, Mrs. Mosewitch. Then you've got Miss Bennett and... Uh, yeah, Miss Tremblay. Miss Bennett's from trying to hold it all exactly. together. Exactly, She's the normal exactly. one. All holding it yeah. together and there's all <laughs> kinds of shenanigans going on. You know, they're trying to test on rats, etc. Mm. The rats are escaping, you know. You know, <laughs> Mr. Crocker's accidentally given one creatine intranasally and it's, oh, it's all gone tits up. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing live yeah. in a hotel of creatine. <laughs> a nerdy oh, we really scene. are taking the uh, chat shit part of the title um, <laughs> very literally this week. Um, so that all being said, let's get into this week's The Fitness News. Okay, 
Okay guys, let's get straight into this then. Um, what I'll probably do is I'm gonna start by reading an introduction from the study, because it's gonna give you kind of a good insight to this conversation moving forward. Um, so I will just literally read it out, because it's quite good. Um, Although participation in sport can provide numerous benefits, athletes often experience challenges such as negative evaluations by others, injury, decreased psychological well-being, emotional pain, and dropout. It is crucial that athletes develop the skills to effectively cope with sport-related challenges which serve to enhance their sporting performances, well-being, emotional experiences and decrease dropout rates. The pressures to adhere to traditional masculine norms like risk-taking, self-reliance, stoicism and emotional regulation can be a source of challenge for men athletes um, in particular. And that was uh, taken from Anderson 2009. It is therefore pertinent for men athletes to utilize coping strategies that consider how unique experiences of embodied masculinities shape and constrain how they manage sport related difficulties. And that was uh, Rise at All 2019 uh, 21. And <laughs> why is he? I can't even say that. Can you say I that? I can't say it. No. I can say the other one, Cla- Claro. Well keep... No, yeah, I can say Claro, but what's the first one? Claro and friend. Mazil Q. Claire, yeah, Claire and his mate in 2018. Or her mate. Right, okay, so that was it. That was an introduction. There's a term that came up a couple of times in that intro. Um, masculinities, right? Um, I mean, essentially, that is a set of characteristics in it that are social constructs. Yeah, aren't they? It's not like you're not you're not born with a set of masculinities. You know, you're not biologically born to be you know masculine. Mm. Um, you could say they are social constructs, and they change um, over think, time as well. And they do change over time, exactly. I mean, I was good, but just literally about to say, in this day and age, we've got individuals, you know, like Andrew yeah. Tate, David Goggins, um, and you can see why there's a desire amongst. I mean, I know this is going really, really to, off <laughs> to, to be like these. I know people. this is going off the deep end here, but I remember reading somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not. Probably not, because I've probably read it on I don't know Ebom's World or something. But it was how, like in an ancient Rome, like if you had like a massive schlong, you were seen as like a dumb person. Because it, was seen as, penis, you were seen because it was seen as being barbaric. <laughs> what, having a massive yeah. penis? and now obviously it's completely changed. I mean, for my benefit, it'd be good if we did go back to the Roman times, but like, uh, you know, <laughs> but once again, it's like a social kind of construct, you know, and it can change back and forth. Yeah, exactly. We changed. sit with women as well, and in the day. I know this is particularly about men, but we sit with women where like you look at like a... Uh, Marilyn Monroe and Betty Page where you know a little bit of extra cushion mm. was like, really attractive and now it's completely gone opposite yeah. way with the Kardashians you know super skinny etc but mm. it's the same with men as well yeah and I think I think the issue with men though is particularly I said about those individuals I mean I'll just name a couple of people it wasn't, it wasn't like throwing shade at anyone in particular but they're just two that I always think of straight away you've got Andrew Tate obviously you could say yeah. be a bit more extreme David Goggins is obviously like the super inspirational unbreakable you know alpha sort of territory yeah. when it comes to his content but we think it's all gone that way, but then again, there is also a rise, I think, with men being more in touch with how they feel. Yeah. Like people wanting to talk more, people being more open. You know, historically, men have been very closed. You could say now people are coming out more with um, being more open. So if you look at it from that point of view, there seems to be like a sort of a stalemate, I think, yeah. between two opposing camps, which I think is... Um, I mean, we've, we've touched on it in a sense of like um, when we've spoken to you know, Danny from In a Dead Ground about like, you know, male depression, yeah, etc., sure. and mental well-being. Mm. But those are very specific cases where we are talking about things like depression, you know, and suicide and mental well-being. But there's also things in regards to like talk about self-compassion in the sense of like, yeah, it could be simple things of like if you've injured yourself and you're feeling fucking upset and down and useless about it or feeling like you're like you just can't perform in a physical sense in regards to, I'm not talking about my schlong again, in regards to like an athlete setting, 
you know, we're not doing as well as what you want. <laughs> so let's talk about self-compassion in yeah. those senses as well. Or, you know, having the self-compassion because you've not hit your 10,000 step goal at, you know, XYZ yeah, I mean, Academy has set you. We, we have actually spoke to a few, I mean, you mentioned Dana, we also spoke to you remember Nikki from The Mind Coach, when she spoke to us about mindset yes, training. Yes, we did. She kind of had that about, you know, about self-limiting beliefs and stuff, and you said the same thing about, you know, yeah, failure, success. It's all quite a, it's, there's a, there's a lot to it. Um, I think if we look at it from a sports slash gym setting, though, I think it does appear to be leaning towards um, the masculine side of things yeah. that I mentioned. Oh, yeah. God, the gym goes hand in hand with that, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think if we look at what the, I mean, this was stated in the study, I think it was traditional masculine narratives created tensions for participants who at times embodied the belief, but they put misbelief in brackets, mm. that self-compassion promotes complacency in the pursuit of athletic achievement. So essentially, echoing what I said there is that people feel like if they don't, stay in line with these masculine narratives that we've created socially created they feel like well they're not they're going to be complacent in their sports they're not actually going to be working hard enough they're not going to be able to achieve greatness if you want to put it like that um so they said that participants actually struggled with that hmm. um which i think is really interesting and i actually i mean if we let's actually break that down tom because i've got to i can see both sides of this i don't know about you but i think um when it comes to sport I mean, it obviously depends on the sport as well, you could say. Uh, yeah. I mean, boxing would be seen very differently to someone playing ping or pong. Or a team sport. Um, <laughs> or a team sport, yeah. And I feel like there has to be a balance there, Yeah, personally, in my opinion. I feel like if you want to win, you have to be quite hungry. You have to be quite selfish, I think, sometimes. You have to be quite hungry in that respect. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to be sensible as well. Yeah. You have to be compassionate to yourself. You have to, you have to look after yourself. Yeah. Otherwise, that can lead to its own set of issues. And I feel like... I can see why it created tensions because you can see how a participant would be in the middle there thinking, yeah, I want to be more self-compassionate to my performance, but sometimes you have to dig deep on those times where you're feeling a bit shit. If you want to win these big sporting competitions, you sometimes have to work hard. Even when you don't want to, you have to upset people perhaps. Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots to it, I think, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, I, f I do think it depends on the situation as well. Like, for example, if you're an athlete you know, and your, you know, your bread and butter basically depends on you actually being good at your sport, then yeah, you have to probably have be a little bit more rough on yourself. Not not rough on yourself, but you know, it's like with the general public where it's like, well, okay, if I'm feeling a bit shit today, I simply won't go. Yeah. You know. I th I, I, this is an interesting point actually made by Ferguson at all, 2014, and this kind of like sticks up more for the, this basically goes against that self-compassion promotes complacency so he basically put um or she i'm actually sure um genuine self-compassion does not promote passivity because self-compassionate individuals engage in behaviors aimed at self-improvement yeah so essentially what they're saying there is is that if you are actually self-compassionate you're no more likely to engage in behaviors that are going to improve you yeah 100 um, so they're basically saying that it doesn't make you complacent in the pursuit of athletic achievement because if you are self-compassionate you're more likely to do stuff which will help you get better at what you want to do yeah i mean look which i think it's a fair point actually if we look at a health and fitness setting or even a nutritional setting where you have like a specific goal in mind okay where it's like okay i want mm. to get healthier or I want to get fitter i want to get stronger i want to build muscle i want to lose weight gain weight or I want to eat healthier etc we've spoken fucking billions of times about how we have all these kind of like barriers and constructs right that can get in the way of those mm. things um one thing might work for someone it might not work for another due to having different kind of barriers in place now if for whatever reason let's just say i can't get to the gym because 
I don't know, for whatever reason, it's pissing down with rain. I've left my raincoat actually at the gym where I work, by the way. And the ULES charge has come into effect. So I don't want to spend £12.50 to fucking drive just to the gym. That's, is that me like being an absolute pussy and anti-David Goggins because I'm not going to the gym? Skin's waterproof, mate. Oh, fucking don't start me with that. <laughs> <laughs> don't start me with that. But do you see, I mean, I'll carry a bit of self-compassion and go to myself. Do you know what? One, mm. there's always tomorrow. Or two, it doesn't mean that I'm not carrying the boats, you know, and I'm being really shit and that I'm being complacent. And I'm letting myself down. It just means that, do you know what? Mm. It's going to work better for me if I just go another day. Or if I just pick up training when it stops raining. It's, it's a simple case of that. It's just coming to understand that, look, I'm not a pussy. It's just that I'm just changing the plan a little bit. Mm. And that's, that's that self-awareness thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to keep butting my head trying to do something that just isn't possible for me. Because if mm. I don't kind of stop, take a step back and have a bit of self-compassion, say, look, it's not me being a pussy. It's that this is obviously isn't working for me. So, for example, it's uh, how many times have we seen it where, let's just say, someone will get given a training program by an online trainer mm. or an in-person PT and the program is just simply not realistic for the person to do you know this is someone that wants to get a little bit fitter a little bit stronger a little bit healthier maybe they could train maximum maybe twice a week but their fucking trainers for some reason give them like a five day split all that high intensity it's like this isn't possible now what you can do is you can say to yourself oh I'm not having any self-compassion. I can't be a pussy. I've got to do this. Otherwise, I'm going to be an absolute fucking weakling. I'm going to be complacent. I'm going to be a pussy. I've got to do this. And you keep on thinking that over and over again, but you're trying to do something that just simply isn't working around you. Whereas what you could do is have some self-compassion, look and go, look, I still want to exercise. I still, I want to do these things. It's not that I'm complacent because I generally want to do these things, but this is not going to work for me as an individual. So what can I actually do to actually change it a little bit? Obviously, if your PT is ignoring you or your online coach is ignoring you, is constantly pushing this program down your throat and just fuck them off their shit. But do you see what I mean? It's like you're constantly butting yourself against the wall trying to do something that is not working for you. And what you could do is actually have some self-compassion and say, actually, it's clearly not working for me. It's not like I'm a pussy. What can I do instead? What can I do to change that? Mm, I think that's a really good. That's a good example of you know, like a chronic scenario. Yeah. I think if, if I, I think I've got a good one as well, like an acute scenario in terms of, let's say nutritionally, because you did one about the gym. If you, I don't know, one day you go a bit rogue, you smash, you know, a tub of ice cream, order yourself a pizza. If you were someone to be very self-critical about yourself, you could be like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've gone, yeah. I've gone off the rails. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a failure. I've let myself down. What's the point anymore? And then from then on, you just have a spiraling effect of every day you just eat shit. Binge cycle. You feel like. Yeah, because you've literally gone, fuck it, I fucked up today, I'm useless, I might as well just keep going. Whereas if you were self-compassionate, you could go, oh, you know what, I had it today, it is what it is, you know, it's only one day, the world's not going to win. There's always tomorrow. Um, you know, there's always tomorrow, exactly. That'd be, and then that way you get yourself back on track and you go, you know what, maybe now and again I will give myself a treat because it makes me feel good and I want to do that. That'd be an example yeah. of being more self-compassionate as opposed to just throwing, you know, down in tools for anything out the window. And what do you do from, what do you do from that minor fuck up as well? You learn from it. But you learn from it if you reflect on it, if you stop and reflect on it. Yeah. You look at the reasons why you did it. What was the cause of it? What, what, you know, what was the outcome of it? And if it was just simply because you fancied it, well, that's fine. It's balance, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. You don't have to restrict yourself completely. If it's but, like, you know, this happened four more. days in a row now, okay. <laughs> that's a bit more let's serious. Stop, yeah. Let's look at it and kind of figure out why this is happening and what's kind of triggering these things, you know. But that's having the self-compassion to kind of step back and say, okay, why is it happening? What can I do to change it? Hmm. You know, rather than just constantly going to yourself, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm, I'm a, a failure, I'm, I'm a, a failure. failure. 
Yeah. You know, you're not necessarily a failure, but what you can do is say, okay, I actually had a failure here. I'm not a failure, mm. but I've had a failure moment here. What can I do to actually learn from this to mm. prevent it from happening more often? Before we unpack the rest of the study, I want to look at the polls because I think that's going to kind of tie quite nicely with us giving some sort of um, scenarios. So <laughs> it doesn't. The, the results don't really surprise me, Tom, but I'll always I'll ask you anyway. So a couple of questions were asked here. When it comes to your gym slash sports performance, are you? And two options were self-compassionate or self-critical. What do you reckon? How do you reckon it sort of lay the percentages? Um, <laughs> Joe, the polls actually do surprise me sometimes. So I'm going to say a lot of them <laughs> aren't self-compassionate. Yeah. So they're pretty seventy-five percent are self-critical. Seventy-five percent of people said they're self-critical. Only twenty-five self-compassionate. Fucking right. idiots. Um, we'll go for <laughs> go for a couple of <laughs> TM was brilliant. Um, and then the next one: Do you struggle mentally slash emotionally after a poor gym slash sports performance? How do you think this one? Yeah, I want to say some a lot. The majority do. Okay, it's interesting. This one was actually it's it half and half really. Forty eight percent said yes, fifty two said no. Okay, so that was more surprising. More surprising. Yeah. Um. So, which is kind of weird because more people said they're self critical, but what this indicates, this next poll indicates, is that it doesn't really affect them too badly mentally, such emotionally. Oh, okay, fair enough. Which is I mean, interesting, isn't it? Admittedly, I used to be in the category where, like, I used to um. <laughs> I used to get really pissed off if I wasn't constantly progressing. Mm. Like I'd get really pissed okay. off and like, you know, I would I would blame myself. I think I'm, and yeah, admittedly, I was doing something wrong. But the, the ironically, the thing that I was doing wrong was that I wasn't coming to terms with, or rather, I didn't have the knowledge at the time that things aren't linear. But once again, that's where yeah. kind of self. -comp I have enough self compassion that if I do have a shit training session, or I don't get to do what I was hoping to do on a day. I could kind of take a step back and say, well, do you know what? I know that life isn't linear. It's not the end of the world. It is what it is. I've still got to train today. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I still got to train. Right. If we go through some actual responses, people did fire in some DMs, some really good ones, actually. Rachel sent this one, in which I think uh, she put a lot, of, uh, a lot of thought into this one, which is awesome to see. So thank you. So in answer to some of your story questions relating to being self-compassionate during a session and how you feel after a bad session, personally, both have a lot to do with how you're feeling at that time away from the gym and what's going on in your life at that time. If things are going well with life in general, I can be very understanding with myself and even tell myself that's okay, everything is a work in progress and I'm just doing my best, so no big drama. However, if I'm having a crappy day for whatever reason, this will have the opposite effect. Same when I've left the gym after a bad session, I could be like, oh, well, you'll do better next time. Or I could be, you're no good at this, that kind of thing. General though, life is great. Oh, that's a good way to start it off. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that life's going great, Rachel. I know, thank God here, but no, I think that's some that really... gone the opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could have been, yeah. But no, I think some really good points we've made there, like how you feel emotionally before you even step in the gym, kind of a real big knock-on effect. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. Like the, your, people's lives are not just in the gym. Your life is your gym is not the life. It's not your life. Sorry, um, there can be loads of factors around the gym affecting how you feel. Um, and I said that if you could go, you could be going in top of the world, buzzing, having a great day, have a bad session. You're like you know, well, fuck it, I don't care. Whatever yeah. it is, what it is. But if you go in already down, and then you have more down, you're basically just on that downward trajectory, aren't you? Whereas if you're already up, the balance. If you look at scales, obviously it's this not way. It kind of helps us self reflect and compartmentalize as well as where you can kind of. Go out of mm -hmm. that and say, okay, look, I'm feeling shit. And yeah, I might have had a sh shit gym session where I didn't perform as well either. But you get to take a step back and go, well, mm. do you know what? I actually got to train. And that's that's a benefit. Just simply going there and training, even if it, you didn't get the performance you wanted to. That's a big win, actually, isn't it? You you're still, down and you still go turned up. Yeah, that's a fucking win, in my opinion. So you've win. actually gone. Yeah, massive win. Um, if we look at some more. 
bad boys up. So Michael sent it, sent something in. Always good to hear from you, Mike. Um, he put, <laughs> y'all, I feel personally attacked by these. Um, no, Mike, you are enough, all right? Don't you worry, all right? You are, <laughs> you are enough. Yeah. Right? You are enough. So, uh, but carried on from that. He didn't just put that. But to be fair, though, there was a time when I used to be very self-critical and struggled after a trash workout. That was a time I was more fixated on my body image and the numbers I put up. Yeah. Now that I have zero interest in competing in any discipline, bodybuilding or powerlifter, etc., I just lift for general health and to stay mobile. Um, so if I have a trash session or a trash workout, sorry, so be it. At least I showed up, which kind of just echoes what we just said. Time is precious and it can be better spent worrying about something more than a shitty lift. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd rather not spend the time worrying about anything really, but yeah, I get the point. <laughs> yeah, I get the point. Yeah, so I think... Yeah, that's that's it. That's that kind of I like how you've kind of gone through your journey, sort of in that very short statement. You've kind of showed how at one point in your life, yeah, things were you were fixating on certain things, which made you more self-critical. Yeah. But now you've become aware of it that you're not bothered, and that you're just doing it for essentially health. Then yeah, you're you're on the the other come out the other side as a very compassionate individual. Yeah. Lovely to hear, Mike. Um, I've got another one. Oh, this person. Okay, there we go. Right, this is a good. This one. person. I don't sound uh, Amy. Good. No, Amy got in touch. No, I thought I said really bad. Amy, I'm not. That was that was not meant negatively. Here we fucking go. No, God, no, no. No, it's good though because this person, um, she put her full time thing is elite sports. I think she's a sports psychologist. Oh, okay. So pretty much in touch with what we're talking about. She does. She's a psychology grad, and she goes, her actual thing is elite sports. So yeah, unfortunately, she didn't elaborate. Little fucker. So I'm going to call you out on that. So let me read read the first (laughs) bit first before I explain the concept. So, um. She put, I will be the first to degrade my own performance in the sports world. It's a protective mechanism. If I criticise myself, it then takes away the opportunity for others to do it, slash all the hurt if they do then do it. I think that's a really interesting point. It's almost like it's almost like when people do it, when they know something's up, they take the piss out of themselves. Before, like if you meet someone and you know you've got something, let's say, I don't know, you've got... I don't. I don't have an example, but let's say. Let me give you this nice, easy one. If you've got a shit car, like a really shitty back beat up car, and you turn up to a car park with your mates, and you get out of the car and go, "Fucking, I look at my shit car I've got here. It's a load of shit in it." You've taken the wind out. You've seen them. You've yeah. You've yeah. You've taken it out of them before they can even do it. It's like a. Have you ever seen eight mile? Like, eight, where eight mile? Yeah. You know he does the, the rap battle he where he just coats yeah. himself off. That by the end, the other guys no ammunition to use against him. Yeah, he's like, and he chokes, and he's like, "Shit, I can't." Like, yeah, <laughs> okay, I see what you mean there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I understand what she's trying to say there. Yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. You're, that. you're, you're slashing your own tires so they don't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people listening, don't go slash your own tires. Yeah. <laughs> the off chance someone might come and do it. Listen, top yeah. tier advice. You know, no one can make you feel shit if you make yourself feel shit. I didn't mean that, by the way. Don't actually do that. Bring it, bring it back on track. I feel like with her comment, that just seems. She it sounds like she's aware of the situation, so that seems maybe something you need to work on in terms of how you react to others' opinions. Yeah. Because we talk about how in certain situations you shouldn't really be bothered what other people think. Obviously, that's easier said than you done. Just, yeah. So I think that's something maybe that needs to be worked on there. Um, but then she did put, she's happy to elaborate further if you want because her full-time thing's elite sports. I obviously said, yeah, please do. It'd be great. Fucking cheer me off. <laughs> Didn't fucking reply to me. What are you playing at? B- busier things to be doing. Yeah, elite sports by the sounds of it. Far more important than the chat shit get fit podcast. Slashing your own car tyres. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, slashing your own car tyres. But no, thanks for getting in touch anyway. It's always appreciated. Um, I think that was... Was that the only ones that got sent in? I think so, yeah. So yeah, guys, thanks for... Uh, obviously, everyone who got responded to the polls and thank you to everyone who got... Um, 
who actually sent a message in as well. That's always really, really nice to see. Obviously, guys, if you want to get involved with the polls, Instagram's a place to go to. Um, you can also send us an email as well if you want, but we obviously do polls on Instagram um, at chat shit, get fit podcast links down in the show notes so you can uh, get stuck in as well. Yeah, um, right. Nice. Let's move on to the data uh, continued because we've already started it. So if we look at how they talk about self-compassion then, um, you can say it's comprised of three components. Um and they do they are all interlinked in some ways. They're not like individual like it's not just like one thing. You do yeah. you know, they are all interact with each other. Um, so um the three are you've got self-kindness, mindfulness, and then common humanity, which is an interesting one. Um if we break these down individually, self-kindness then. So extending kindness and understanding um extending kindness and understanding towards oneself rather than being self-critical and judgmental. Mindfulness, a receptive state of mind where an individual accepts their thoughts, emotions and feelings without over-identification. And common humanity, the recognition that one's experiences are part of the larger human experience. Right, and that one yeah. there was uh, yeah, NEF 2003, 21 and 23. Okay, If we break these down then, self-kindness, I think that's a really, that's one that gets thrown around a lot. And I think the thing I always, whenever I think of self-kindness, I always think of the way some people talk to themselves they would never talk to other people like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, that always that, that comparison is like, if you wouldn't talk to someone else like that, don't talk to yourself like that. Yeah. Like if you wouldn't put yourself, if you wouldn't put someone else down about it, like yeah. why do it to yourself? Yeah, why, yeah. Once again, it's easier said than done. Yeah, of course. But often, if you look at it normally, if let's say, I don't know, someone's had a bad day, at the gym, people listening probably appreciate this. If you're at the gym with people in a group class setting or just you're training with someone and they have a bit of a bad day in the gym, most people are very supportive and they're yeah. like, oh, don't worry about it. It's all great. But then on the other side, people are often, they won't do it to themselves. If they're in the gym on their own, they have a bad session. They won't be like, oh, it's okay. It's right. They'll be like, oh, you yeah. Be- <laughs> we could be our own <laughs> worst critics. Yeah, exactly. So self-kindness is obviously uh, a really important component of that. Mindfulness obviously links to that because that is where you learn to accept your thoughts and emotions without over-identification. Yeah. Okay. Um, so your thoughts of, I've had a bad session today, it's where you accept them your emotions but you don't over identify them so you yeah. don't say oh, i'm a useless fucking failure because of yeah. that one thing but you, you just can have some form of reflection yeah you just accept it for what it is it's a bad session there's one yeah. out of a, let's say you train every day for example it's one out of three six five if you actually think about it, you, you kind of go do you know what yeah it's it's only one session yeah it's one session i'm gonna have yeah. my ups i'm gonna have my downs so what do you know what in hindsight what might have been a shit session today is actually like it's still more than what I was doing last year. And then the last one, I don't know how you interpret this, Tom, but the way I interpret this common humanity, you know, recognition that one's experiences are part of a larger human experience is that everyone always feels like what they're going through in any situation is like very unique almost. And yeah, obviously we do have some sort of uniqueness, but a lot of things people go through, most people have been through. And we all yeah. go through this part of this, like failure is a part of a larger human experience. We all fail at something at some point in life. A lot of people who go to the gym have all had bad sessions. We've all missed lifts. We've all been injured. We've all had, you know, bad day, not bad day. We've all had days nutritionally we weren't, you know, we've not maybe liked as much as others. There's lots of things yeah. we've all done that other people have done. And it's all just part of a large human experience. So lean, I always think yeah. about leading other people. Speak to other people about it because 
more more likely than not, someone's been through the same thing as you have. Yeah, exactly that. So don't don't think you're alone in that situation of oh, I've had yeah. a bad day at the gym. Just talk to your other, your other gym buddies, or just speak to anyone. Go into a forum. You can go on the online forums now. Go on Reddit. Do you want to? I don't know gym <laughs> <laughs> gym forum. Speak to someone on Reddit. I don't know, but there's lots of ways you can communicate with people yeah. who are all going through similar stuff. So you can kind of bounce off each other and yeah, you can all gaslight each other. Yeah, cast like each other. But yeah, with common humanity, it's like understand that yeah, what you're going through is a subjective experience to you as an individual. But pretty much what you said there, Bill, is like uh, you know, it's not the first time someone would have gone through it. You know, right. and there is a kind of a way out of it. You know, it's not an experience where it's like you're you're standing like a sore thumb. Was like, how come this thing only happens to me? It happens to everyone, but we all have our own ways to kind of deal and yeah, cope with it. It affects us differently, doesn't it? Yeah. We all, it all affects you differently, and you will be able to cope with it differently. But as individuals, we have different coping mechanisms. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And once again, this is where kind of like going back to point number two in regards to uh, mindfulness is that we can actually mm. come up with uh, coping mechanisms but kind of reflecting on how we're feeling and what's made us feel yeah. like that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, actually making mechanisms to actually make us feel actually, Joe, you know what? It's not so bad, you know. What I've said before, you know, so we're talking about in the context of like training, nutrition, you know, all, all fitness-related stuff basically. You know, as I said, things ain't linear. Sometimes it's shit, mm. sometimes it's good. And that's one of the things that actually helped me. One of the things that kind of made made me go back and self-reflect on things was just the idea of like look nothing is linear and that's helped me a hell of a lot it's just yeah. embracing the good embracing the bad and there's like you know what as long as i'm doing better than i was you know say when i first died then happy days then i click in the acute setting okay when i had really severe back pain oh shit my training ain't as good as what i did last week ah however at least i ain't got debilitating back pain which i had in bloody 2022 yeah do you know what i mean yeah i get you mean yeah. a lot a lot a lot of this was saying like, it, it keeps reminding me of um nikki from the, the, the mind coach we spoke to her about it because she that's what she deals with i remember when we spoke to her she was saying how she literally deals with these issues with athletes when she works yeah. with like high form athletes these self-limiting beliefs you know self-kindness mindfulness and all this sort of stuff so um i'd probably actually just say recommend go check her out if you are struggling with this sort of stuff i think her instagram let me just check is at the underscore mind coach and um, we did do a podcast of her a while ago i actually can't remember what it's called to be honest but um yeah <laughs> good start <laughs> it'll be set my probably something to do probably about mind coach in the title but yeah go check her out um she talks about this stuff quite a lot um if we just move on to um yeah this is a really important point because when we look at the research in general, we look at the majority of it in self-compassion um, in sport particularly. It's, a lot of it includes women athletes yeah, competing at various levels, which I think you could say does leave significant gaps, doesn't it, in understanding how competitive men react. Because as we talk about masculinity, that's obviously quite a complex um, yeah. topic. So I feel like that has left some gaps. I think this date is obviously important, but I feel like we need to see more about men in particular. Um, yeah. We've got a good understanding Obviously of women. Obviously, we're biased, but yeah. But, but of course, we're biased, yeah. But over, overall, though, if we kind of wrap up this 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 data, um, I think self-compassion is obviously going to be a, it's going to be a useful tool, isn't it, for, for men athletes to, to implement, I think, to cope with sport-related challenges because there is obviously a lot of them. Um, but I feel like because of traditional masculine, you know, masculine narratives, um, yeah. I feel like guys in general are going to struggle. They're going to be hesitant to want to implement these. 
Um, so I feel like that, this is a really important point actually, I think that should be incorporated when you're, if you are doing a self-compassion intervention for a, a male athlete or you, yourself, I feel like you need to remember that there are traditional masculinity, uh, masculine narratives around. You can't discredit yeah. them. You can't be like, it's okay, just be nice to yourself. But you have to remember that in this day and age, we are surrounded with a masculine narrative, which might make guys hesitant to want to get stuck into some sort of self-compassion routine, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, like, for example, if I give you an example, Tom, if you say to a guy, oh, okay, we're just going to meditate and do a bit of yoga, that's going to be your session today. First thing I'll, I'll, I would say is like, uh, uh, do we have to? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. But it's how, how you translate it, what we actually mean by having that self-compassion, etc. If you can translate it in a way that takes into account masculine narratives yeah meditation and you better yoga wouldn't sound too bad but if you just give say it out of blue okay today you're doing this you're training yeah. they'll be like why the fuck am i doing meditation why the fuck am i doing yoga yeah exactly i mean you know like um there's there's lots of different ways that we can kind of like put it into perspective and use it for applic uh applications as well i mean for me like um ah, i'll tell you what I'll give you an example i have a lady that comes to one of my weightlifting classes right and um so obviously i know this title is about men but in this instance i'm going to use a female mm -hmm. you know example but basically like for the past couple of sessions she's been saying to me like oh, i've always had like issues with my shoulders like um it always feels like not that she, she didn't say it was painful but she always felt like there was something there when she lifted her arm up niggle. a certain degree etc yeah like a little niggle something that was kind of annoying her so i was like oh okay well like is it actually preventing you from doing anything that you want to do like exercise wise or any pain she's like no no but it's always been a bit of a struggle to get my arm up this way etc and anyway like she kept on saying this so eventually i wanted to confront her about it and i just said like look when i say confront her i'm not being aggressive by the way but it's one of those things where actually i wanted to actually make her stop focusing on negative and actually look at the win instead and i said look in the past couple of weeks your deadlift has shot way up i actually taught her as well how to do a um a hand clean, which was a movement she had yeah, never okay, done cool, before. Man. And I actually well, well, I you purposely doing hand cleans are you, Tom? Okay, there we go. I know, oh. mate, but listen, I purposely taught her that movement mm. to show that actually your shoulder is a lot more capable of what mm. you than you thought. So I kind of took her to side and said, Look, I know you still feel something there, but instead of like constantly fearing it, look at what you've actually started accomplishing in the past couple of weeks. You know, your your lifts are going up. You're actually able to do these movements you never thought you was capable of doing by doing like the hand clean, etc. You can get your arm up, you can reach to grab a cupboard. Like, have you not realised that? Like, actually, you're doing pretty fucking awesome. Like, when you compare yourself to how things were at the beginning of the year, and she was like, actually, yeah, I didn't kind of think of it that way. Yeah, oh, okay, fair enough. I was saying to her, like, when you're in that front rack position with the hand clean, I said like a lot of people struggled to get into that position in the first place. Oh, by the way, this lady is on the, you know, closer towards the age of 70. Fucking hell, that. Just yeah. throw that one in there. You know, Fucking hell, yeah. And she's doing hand cleans. That's awesome, yeah. You know, but I made her stop and reflect. Mm. Have that self-compassion where you actually think, okay, yeah, so look, my, I'm not I'm not negating her experience that, okay, she, she's having like a bit of an annoying, you know, sensation with her shoulder. I understand that. And that is completely fine. I understand it's annoying and you have my sympathy for that however at the same time compared to how things were going a couple of weeks ago look how awesome you were doing that. Mm. look these are all things down to you as an individual i've just guided you yeah 
I've not forced you to do all this stuff. I've guided you. That's all on you. So yeah, having that self-compassion in that sense where you can kind of reflect on things and look at the wins. And God forbid, if things started going downhill again, at least you can kind of look back and go, okay, so look, I'm having a bit of a negative experience at this current time. However, at least you know the opportunity for you, for you to start improving again. It's not always going to be like this. There is a way out. There's just different ways to get out of it. Guys, I think I'll wrap it up there. Um, that, so that is all the news this week. Uh, of course, thank you to our Patreons over at patreon.com slash podcast. Always lovely to give you extra content on a weekly basis. Of course, thank you to Jenny and Colleen, big producers of the show. Um, yeah. Obviously, the full video is going to go out of this podcast where you're going to see all the, uh, the before and after, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Nothing gets cut out on those videos. It's literally just raw video file goes pretty much straight up into uh, onto Patreon, so you get to look forward to that. And, of course, you should get the podcast a bit early as well. So, yeah, if you do want to help support the running of the podcast and join Jenny, Colleen, and co over at Patreon, check out the link in the show notes um, and join in, yeah. Um, but any, yeah, anything you want to do add, it. Anything you want to add, Tom, before we wrap up? Um... No, just that it's pretty cool that the video goes onto Patreon straight away because that's pretty quick. I mean, a lot can happen in between, like, now <laughs> right. and when the podcast actually gets released next week. I mean, I, I could be dead next week. That's fucking you know. a bit morbid, isn't it? Fucking I could be dead next week. This, this Patreon might be worth more money by then, actually. You've been very dramatic about this chest infection. Fucking hell. I'm trying to milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> that's just me having self-compassion. Actually seeing the benefit, I'm reflecting, I'm self-reflecting and going, do you know what? I can get sympathy out of this. What? This is how we get our patron in- increase. It's a, shame we don't, it's a shame we're not in America, isn't it? Because we could be like, you're paying for your medical bills, but obviously we've got the NHS, so it's not, we don't really have to pay for anything. Uh, do you know what? Self-compassion, that's me reflecting and going, actually, do you know what? At least we've got the NHS. At least we've got the NHS, yeah. I could prove a point by going and, you know, purposely throwing my leg under a car right now. Just to prove a point. I'm not going to do that. No, please don't. But I could do I go, ha ha, look what we've got and you've not got. Uh, obviously, I'll be absolutely fucked. I'll be getting subpar care. but <laughs> Subpar care. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't know. And admit, I'll be doing it at a time when they're striking. But, you know, joke's on me, right? That broken leg bombshell. We'll leave it there. It's, a, <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. Getting my legs sewed up by the receptionist because the nurse is on strike. And we will see you <laughs> next week. Same time, same place for some more The Fitness News where Tom hopefully hasn't got a broken leg. <laughs> Susan. Yeah, all, all, all dead. All dead. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Fucking old Tom.